we're going to run these programs for 2022, but our plan is we'll start enrollment even on the traceability products this fall for 2023 cropping season. So these are going to be continuing projects that we hope to grow over the next few years. So they're not just one and done type things that we're working on. Welcome to the Future Faster, a sustainable agriculture podcast by Nutrient Ag Solutions with our very own Tom Daniel, Director, North America Retail and Grower Sustainable Ag, and Dr. Sally Fliss, Senior Manager, North America Sustainable Ag and Carbon. This is your opportunity to learn about the next horizon in sustainable agriculture for growers, for partners, for the planet. To us, it's not about changing what's always worked. It's about continuing to do the little things that make a big impact. So most of the crops are in the ground for the summer here in North America. But that just means that it's time to look ahead to the fall and the winter. And so in this episode, we're going to review some of the sustainability programs that Nutrient Ag Solutions is rolling out for later this year so that you can get prepared to maximize your yields, capitalize on those new sustainability revenue streams, and do right by your growing ecosystem. But if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in your favorite app. Also, make sure you follow Nutrient Ag Solutions on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Dusty Weiss, and it's time once again to introduce Tom Daniel and Sally Fliss. And Tom and Sally, seems like we've barely got the crops in the ground this year. In fact, I was just out driving in the country around Wisconsin here, and knee-high by the 4th of July is looking like it's going to be a bit of a stretch just with how slow the corn is coming in around here. But it's already time to start thinking about the fall and winter programs that Nutrient Ag Solutions has on tap for 2022. So what can you tell us about what's coming up for the uh, cooler weather at the end of the year. Well, some of it, Dusty, is stuff that will start getting planted or may even be getting prepped for here in the next few weeks with the winter wheat plantings across the country where growers that are interested in making nitrogen management changes can enroll in our Sustainable Nitrogen Outcomes Program for winter wheat. Again, that's based on a 5% rate reduction. The enrollment period is open now, and we've got some tools that'll help you figure out if you're in an eligible county because eligibility is at a county level within different states. So the grower incentive for this program is based on the outcomes, so the number of tons of carbon dioxide equivalent emission reductions that the grower achieves, and that price per ton is $15 a ton, plus the grower can get a dollar to $2 an acre for using selected Loveland products, some of which are the nitrification inhibitor products that are going to allow the grower to achieve a higher emission reduction and a higher payment per acre. Loveland products that are available in the program are listed on the website info.nutrientagsolutions.com slash SNO, and that link will be available in the notes for the podcast episode. So Tom, we're saying growers are going to get paid based on their carbon equivalent emission reduction. How are we calculating that? And how does the reduced N application correlate with the $15 a ton price for the carbon dioxide equivalents? Well, obviously, Sally, depending on the geography that you live in as a grower, and I think you covered that earlier, certain counties, certain states are able to participate. Once you recognize that you are in an accepted geography, you have a a quantification tool that you can actually enter your county and your information into to determine what an estimated payment may be for your particular farm. And obviously, Sally, as we said earlier, the use of an efficiency fertilizer type product, a denitrification 
pricing product will improve your overall payment in your geography. But the grower can actually look at that and determine what his overall payment would be. And Sally, the other piece is too, this snow program is a continuing program year after year, right? So we're continuing this program. It's not just during the 2022 crop season. It will roll into 2023 and growers can continue to receive payments. So if they reduce their overall nitrogen use on, let's say corn, for instance, by 5%, then they qualify for the program and can enhance their payments by using an approved efficiency fertilizer product. Correct. And the benefit of this program is, Tom, the growers set their baseline the first crop season they enroll. And we're able to set the growers baseline based on the farm level average of nitrogen use over the last three calendar years, the last three cropping seasons for that particular crop that they're using. If they're doing really different management in fields, then we can set it at a field level and give the grower a little bit more flexibility in what that 5% or 10% rate reduction looks like from that baseline. But once that baseline is set, however the grower chooses to approach it, it's set for the next 10 years. So if they just stick to that rate reduction that they made in the first cropping season that they are involved, then they're able to continue enrolling every year and just keep the same nitrogen management or as they get interested in testing different combinations of products or different rate reductions or different nitrogen management systems, they can continue to reduce from that baseline that they set at the beginning of the program up to 10 years previous. So it's a little bit of flexibility for the grower. We can always redo the baseline as well if we want to. So one of the reasons we selected this program as something to go forward with, and like you say, kind of make continuous enrollment is there is a fair amount of flexibility. It's not perfect. We'll never find a carbon program that fits every grower that works with us or that's across North America. But this one does provide us a bit more flexibility than some of those traditional soil organic carbon related programs out there. Tom, another big program that we have going right now is traceability. What are the crops we're working on with the traceability programs? So right now, Sally, we've got two crops. We've just finished signups for our rice project, which is in Arkansas and parts of Southeast Missouri, too. So we were looking for 50,000 acres, and I think yesterday I checked and we were at just a, a shade over 51,000 acres. So that program is running. And when we talk about traceability, people probably ask the question, what is traceability? Well, traceability is when you pick up all of the farm practices and all of the certifications basically for a particular crop from the time that the seed is purchased all the way to the time that it is processed, put into a package and sits on the consumer shelf. So traceability tracks every step of a particular process of turning a seed all the way into a final product that the consumer would buy on the shelf. So in this case, we're using rice and we're measuring sustainability metrics on the farm. So we're looking for specific things that the consumer side of the business is interested in. So the consumer's kind of driving this. They're saying, hey, we're looking for sustainably sourced rice that not only is safe and it's good and it has the nutritional attributes I'm looking for, but it's also good to the environment. So it's uh, sustainably sourced. So in this case, we're tracking water efficiency and water use on a rice acre. We're tracking uh, greenhouse gas emissions. 
that come off that particular acre. There's lots of different sustainability metrics. We're using current technologies such as soil testing and tissue sampling and multiple other ways to determine the exact optimized rates of fertility to use on the acre. And above all, we're trying to track quality back to the consumer. So we're specifically selecting rice varieties that have specific quality metrics. So we're looking for, you know, rice that's going to have good milling quality, for instance, when it goes through the mill, less chalkiness, for instance. We're going to track this rice all the way through the consumer shelf. So it's a higher value product on the consumer shelf. and The consumer can actually look at that and have confidence of what he's purchased And not only what he's purchased, but Sally, there's actually a QR code that'll be present on the package label that says that that product was produced in a certain geography by a certain set of growers that have met certain qualifications for sustainability. So the consumer will have the knowledge of where his product came from. So we believe there's going to be good value in that for everybody. All right, Tom, every time I think of a traced piece of rice, I think of like somebody's going in there with a laser and etching a barcode on every grain of rice so that we can track it through the system and scan it and that kind of stuff. I know that's not what's happening. So how are we able to track from seed production all the way to that bag of rice on the shelf? We are actually putting a small tattoo on every rice. No, we're not. Sally, what we're actually doing is we're doing what's called blockchain technology. So that's a digital format. The blockchain technology picks up every process that occurs on that rice field, for instance. So we're tracking every pass across the field, all the different rice production processes that are occurring to that rice, and all of it's being documented into a digital platform. So each one of those things become entries into the digital platform, and therefore, not only are they tracking it, but it's also transparent. So anyone that wants to see those individual blockchain events that occurred can see that. And when we say blockchain, that means every block of the process is tracked. So we track the infield things, we track the milling processes, and we make sure that the milling processes are all sustainable in their methods. We track all of the uh, transportation for those particular products. We track it all the way to the consumer shelf. So we see every block of the process to the consumer shelf. And not only that, but we verify it. So we have a third-party verifier that comes in and says, yes, the information you've entered into this is correct. And we verify that you've given an accurate portrayal of the system as it goes through. And sadly, we're working on this on rice, but I, I failed to say also we're working on this on cotton. There's a big demand right now for sustainable source cotton and not only sustainable source cotton, but U.S. produced sustainably sourced cotton. So that's a big driver at the moment. And so we're doing a traceability project on cotton with our nutrient locations that are in North Carolina and Georgia, and also our traceability in our South Plains area, which is West Texas and uh, New Mexico. So we're actually tracking quality metrics and sustainability metrics for cotton. And we want to track it all the way through to whether it's a blue jean that's produced or a 100% cotton shirt. We want to be able to track it all the way through and create value back for the grower. 
So on the cotton, Tom, this is an example of where growers can start stacking these programs together. A grower can enroll in the traceability program and take advantage of the premiums available for supplying the information for traceability, but they can also enroll in the sustainable nitrogen outcomes program if they're looking at making nitrogen management practice changes and start to build a bigger return on those sustainability practices they're doing on the farm. It is a little different, the traceability in the cotton. They do actually barcode the bales, correct? Is they completely a bale, there is an actual barcode on that bale that they use versus the rice? Yeah, it actually does. Each bale that's uh, harvested off the field then is wrapped and it has a barcode that's associated with it that identifies the farm that it came from. And that particular barcode then will follow through all the way through to the ginning process and all the way through to the merchant side. They'll be able to identify that cotton as it moves through the system. So that makes it a little bit easier to do the traceability. The issue for us is, is we have metrics set up in the field that we want to claim this cotton was sustainably grown. And that requires a little more detail on our part that we have to also still do the blockchain tracking, even though the barcoding is available on the cotton, we still have to do the blockchain digital tracking of that bale all the way through the system. Because just because we know the bale code as it goes through the mill and through the gin, we need to be able to track that bale all the way through to the final product. And so that's where the uh, blockchain piece comes into play. And the whole issue here, Sally, is can we create a premium opportunity for for the grower for this because the consumer market says today that they're 82% interested in sustainably sourced food or fiber products and they're willing to pay more for those products if they are confident in the uh, sustainably sourced certification or that the fact that they can understand where their product was produced and where it came from. And so we're allowing the consumer now to speak with their wallet a little bit and help pay growers to implement sustainable changes on the farm. So the product they may buy, a bag of rice may cost a few cents more on the uh, consumer's shelf but the consumer has the confidence in where that product came from, who grew it. And also um, they can actually, by paying for that product, we are bringing money back to the grower, tracing it backwards, if you want to call it that, and paying the grower extra for that product. So it allows the consumer to invest in sustainable practices on the farm. And that's what a consumer seems to be asking for today. To finish out the summer, we've got really these two primary programs that enrollment is available for still. The winter wheat acres for that 2022 planted, 2023 harvested winter wheat with the sustainable nitrogen outcomes where you're looking to make that 5% rate reduction and then can increase your incentive payment by adding in either Loveland products or the combination of Loveland products and nitrification inhibitor products and slow controlled release fertilizers. And then the opportunities really at this point, Tom, is going to be in cotton where not only can we enroll you in the traceable cotton program, but depending on the nitrogen management decisions for that cotton, we may be able to start stacking some programs together for you. Sally, another thing to consider here too is our plan is we're going to run these programs for 2022, but our plan is we'll start enrollment even on the traceability products this fall for 2023 cropping season. So these are going to be continuing projects that we hope to grow over the next few years. So they're not just one and done type things that we're working on. We want to be able to create a value proposition for the grower. And we think that some of these programs will do that. And Sally, I'll ask you a question. We talk about our snow programs, for instance, and we've added the use of certain Loveland products, LPI products, as we call them, to that program. So we're paying incentives back to the grower to use certain products. 
Now, those particular products, though, aren't just products we want to sell. They are products that have specific characteristics that we want to promote within a sustainability system. So what are your thoughts? You know, we've got things like Black Max 22 and some different products. I know we usually don't mention products on this podcast, but those particular products are leading toward optimization and efficiencies that go toward these nitrogen type products, right? Exactly. So one of them is the nitrification inhibitor product that qualifies, which is the nitrane bullet. But the other products that are listed there for the LPI incentives, the Loveland product incentives, are products that we've seen in the field as we've done different measurement and solution projects or as local branches and divisions have tested them seeing that the use of these products can help increase nutrient use efficiency in the field. So get us at these rate reductions and gain yield in the crop that we're growing so that we can move down the sustainability pathway and start to have some measurable outcomes to tie to it so that we can really show, like you're saying, Tom, talk back to the consumers, talk back to the end product buyers on what are we doing in the field to improve nutrient use efficiency, decrease both greenhouse gas losses and decreased losses like, you know, nitrates to surface and groundwater. We're getting close to that time of year where we're going to start hearing about the blooms in the Gulf of Mexico. And these nitrogen management practices that we're looking at to reduce nitrous oxide emission are also going to reduce the losses of nitrates that are going to get down to the Gulf of Mexico that fuel that bloom. That's such an unfortunate event every summer. Tom and Sally, it's an impressive lineup of programs for fall and winter of this year. But of course, it's never too soon to start planning for the next growing season, 2023. And so coming up after this break here, we're going to pull back the curtain for a little sneak peek at some of the broader strokes of what Nutrient Ag Solutions has on tap for next year. That's coming up in a moment here on The Future Faster. FarmSmart is the core of Nutrient Ag Solutions' sustainable agriculture offerings, leading the field with growers to record positive environmental impacts while identifying and embracing new revenue streams. In leveraging practices and products and recording your outcomes, your reward for making informed agronomic decisions will be waiting for you in our digital sustainability platform. The data you input can help set a baseline, identify opportunities for continued improvement, and help qualify you for market access opportunities. We're here to maximize incentives and help ensure the legacy of your operation. Getting started with FarmSmart is easy. Log in or create an account with Agrable, then track your data and get paid. Getting started now means we can get to the future faster. FarmSmart, where sustainability meets opportunity. NutrientActSolutions.com slash FarmSmart. This is The Future Faster, a sustainable agriculture podcast by Nutrient Ag Solutions. I'm Dusty Weiss, along with Tom Daniel and Sally Fliss. And Tom and Sally, we started the program looking ahead to fall and winter of this year, but there's already planning underway for the 2023 growing season. So what should growers know as they look ahead to next year about what Nutrient Ag Solutions is working on? Yeah, Dusty, I think we've talked about this on previous episodes that really the planning for what's happening next in a field or on a farm never really stops. And as we think about how we approach our whole acre solution program or method of working with growers, of working with that grower 365 days a year to help them make the best sustainable practice solution decisions on their field, it's really a continuous process of planning. So even though you've maybe just finished planting your corn or figuring out where you're going to plant your corn, as I drove 
back from the Midwest the last couple of weeks. It's pretty wet out there and the corn's pretty small, I think, as you mentioned in the opening, Dusty. And so that may change what you plan to do depending on what that corn looks like. And then we've also had growers that we were working with on previous sustainability programs that switch crop that's going out because of input prices, because of commodity markets, they put soybeans where they had planned to put corn. And so that changes that plan for 2023 as well. So as growers and crop consultants are thinking about what they are going to do in 2023 already, given changes they may be already made this spring to their 2022 program, we will continue to have the kind of three different buckets of programs available where we're going to be looking at carbon through our sustainable nitrogen outcomes program sourcing and traceability with a couple of different crops. And I'll let Tom touch on those. And then our whole acre solution where we're going out and helping collect the information to tell that sustainability story for different processors and manufacturers in the field. So on the Sustainable Nitrogen Outcomes or SNOW program, this is going to move to an all-year enrollment. So at any point in time that a grower is thinking about what are they going to do with their nitrogen management next year? Are they thinking about making a nitrogen rate reduction, whether that's driven by just wanting to make a nitrogen rate reduction or switching the placement or timing of their application, You know, going from a broadcast application to strip tillage or something like that, there's probably going to be a rate reduction on a whole acre level associated with a practice change like that. So how can we start to stack these different practices and decisions together for achieving that minimum 5% rate reduction that's required to participate in the program? Similar to what we were talking about in the opening, this program is an outcomes-based payment. And so growers are paid for the number of tons of carbon equivalent emission reductions that they achieve with the better nitrogen management in the field. And that'll be at $15 a ton. Additionally, we'll continue to have the Loveland products that are associated with the program where a grower can earn an additional incentive for using products that we've been able to demonstrate in the field will help improve nitrogen or overall nutrient use efficiency while we either maintain or decrease fertilizer application rates for a dollar to $2 an acre. And again, that website is going to be in the notes for the show where you can go and learn a little bit more about the program, see the list of the LPI products that are available, qualify to participate, and begin the enrollment process. One thing that'll change a little bit in the 2023 enrollment season is we'll probably expand to a few more different crops. Now, not every crop is eligible in every acre. So there's some tools available working with your crop consultant or our customer success team to check what is eligible in counties. But we'll be covering crops like sorghum where that's eligible and maybe a few counties where tomatoes are grown in California that are eligible for the program. So really trying to cover all the opportunity in the 2023 enrollment. Whereas in 2022, we really focused on kind of three main crops that we knew we had some strong interest in of corn, cotton, and the spring and winter wheats. Tom, we talked previously in the opening session, again, about those traceable outcomes. How is that program going to look different for the 2023 cropping season versus what we just discussed for the 2022 cropping season? Well, if everything runs as expected, Sally, we're going to expand those programs in both rice and cotton. And we're actually going to have a probably a winter wheat or spring wheat project around traceability also. So we're currently scoping out the wheat projects as we speak. And so as we get into uh, 2023, these projects will continue to expand. 
Traceability is one of those things that we're not sure what the value contribution is to traceability as far as the number of acres that we can gain a true value back to the grower. So, you know, we're not sure if that's going to be 25% of the rice acres or if it's going to be 50% of the rice acres. But we're going to continue to expand the program as long as we can find value that comes for the grower. So both the rice cotton and the wheat program as it's rolled out will be expanding into 2023. And the geographies for those will change too. Our focus this year on the, I'll use cotton as an example, the focus on cotton this year was specifically in those states, Sally, that we had sustainable nitrogen outcome potential too, right? So we were looking for those acres that a grower could stack payments. I think you've talked about that before, but we're trying to stack multiple payments, not just a premium back from the consumer side, but also payments from the registry bodies like for an actual scope one, scope three offset or inset. So we're trying to develop those. So he has those that also create another revenue stream. And as we look at these traceability programs, there's going to be opportunities probably around water quality and water credits and some different things too over time that we want to take a look at. So all of these are going to be uh, increased values back for the grower. And uh, like I said, we believe that there's going to be premium opportunities that growers will want to participate in these programs. Sally, we've also talked about, and look, this conversation that I'm getting ready to have is probably premature, but we've had multiple discussions around biofuels and different things around measuring different scoring opportunities and things that the biofuel companies find of value right now and could also be a creation of a premium opportunity back for the grower too. Yet to be seen. We don't know yet, but what's your thoughts on some of that? So one of the ways we're going to start working and looking at that, Tom, is taking some of the work from our 2021 pilots and our 2022 pilots and using the models that are available for calculating the carbon intensity scores that the fuel side production or biofuel side of the marketplace is looking for versus carbon credits. They're really looking at how do they decrease the amount of carbon or that carbon intensity associated with every step of the way of producing that end oil or biofuel product. So we're going to start calculating some of those numbers and see what it looks like and how do we again incorporate our products into that. So there's opportunity to look at are the products that we're helping growers select in their whole acre solutions have a lower carbon intensity than what a grower standard practice is in addition to increased improved yields or decreased total overall inputs from better management that can also bring that carbon intensity score down. So really just starting to explore that space a little bit more, but for sure we'll have some numbers and some tools to talk about as we go into that 2023 cropping season. The last piece that we'll have in 2023 is with our partner Ardent Mills. And Ardent Mills joined us quite a few episodes ago now to talk about working with us and why they're working on measuring sustainability in the field. This is really our biggest North American program because we're working with Acres in Canada and the U.S. to really help measure that continuous improvement of spring wheat and winter wheat in some specific draw areas for Ardent Mills where they're producing different products for their downstream buyers. And that program, the same as the sustainable nitrogen outcomes, Tom, I think we're really getting into our, I don't know, commercial offerings is the right way to go, but we're really getting into the point where we've kind of figured out which 
programs or the programs that make sense to have as a part of our portfolio all the time going forward. So the Ardent Mills program will continue on for the next few years where we'll look at measuring those winter wheat and spring wheat acres. And so what we'll be looking for is measuring the outcomes and continuous improvement on spring wheat that'll be harvested in the fall of 2022, but also measuring those outcomes on that winter wheat that's getting harvested over the next few months. And what are the practices and programs and whole acre solutions associated with the production of those? And so for those you can reach out to some of our sustainable ag regional leads or some of our other field managers for sustainability that can help figure out if you're in the right geography or have growers in the right geography to participate in those. One other thing we added early in 2022 is we do have a full team of our regional level sustainable field managers, Tom, and one of the most recent to come on was our West one. So what are we talking with our West region manager about for sustainability opportunities given the diversity and challenges that they see in that landscape? Yeah, so Sally, we hired, uh, recently hired Carson Britz, who is our West Region Senior Manager for Sustainable Ag. And Carson works directly with all of our retail staff in the West Region, which is not just, he lives in California, but it's not just California, it's the whole West Coast. It goes all the way back into uh, Montana and some of the Western states. But Carson basically is focused on a lot of different projects that are localized to some of that California West Coast market. Market. And Sally, one of the things we always concentrate on is that sustainability is local. So a lot of the stuff that we work on, and I think Sally, you'd agree with me, a lot of it's corn, soybeans, and wheat, right? So we focus on what we call the major row crops. When you get into California, when you talk about major row crops, they're talking about lettuce and broccoli and all those type things. So it's a different thought process entirely. But Carson is it comes from a background, he's familiar with that on the West Coast, and he also particularly understands the uh, resource concerns that are out on the West Coast. And if anybody follows the news, they recognize that the number one resource concern in the West is going to be water. Right. So he's focusing on some different water projects. We're looking at some different opportunities. He's been on the job for less than 90 days and he's getting inundated with questions and requests of things to work on. But water is going to be one of our key focuses out there because from a sustainability point of view, we talk about soil, water and air being our main three components that we focus on. Well, with water out there, that is the major resource concern. So we're going to look at quality of water that's being used, availability of water. How do we efficiently use water in some of those geographies? And we're going to look also around traceability. Sally, we've talked about traceability a little bit now and traceability for food safety and other practice changes that need to be tracked through the system are also something of interest in those West Coast markets. So we're going to have some discussions on that. And Sally, we've also had some opportunities with some of our climate smart projects that are coming up. And we actually have one of those on the West Coast that could be working with a biochar group, adding biochar back into the soil complex to help for water efficiency and water holding capacity for the soil. So we're looking at multiple different projects, but I'm real excited about the West Sally because we really haven't been out there to work with those guys. And that's one of the most regulated markets we work in. And one of the things we strive for around sustainable ag is making sure that we continue to help our growers have freedom to farm. And so we want to be able to be ahead of the regulated 
saturated market so that we can address issues, resource concerns before we're told what we have to do, right? So Sally, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly, Tom. It's going to be an interesting year as we figure out what fits the West Coast. And then, you know, we are North American and we do have a carbon program in Canada as well. We have to set up different carbon programs by country because there's different protocols available because, as you mentioned, Tom, regulatory comes into play when we get into the Canadian carbon market. And so working with our partner, Maple Leaf Foods, will continue to expand our carbon programs using the established protocols that Canada has and Western Canada in order to start establishing and generating credits that go into more of a regulatory market than the voluntary market like we see in the U.S. So that program is also available for enrollment starting this fall for the 2023 season and will cover canola, corn, wheat in those provinces that are available. And we do have a Canadian sustainable ag specialist as well. And Carlos will be able to help crop consultants and growers get enrolled and understand what that program is. And we'll be present at some pretty big events in Canada this summer. The Ag in Motion event is going to be a big event where we'll be able to be out there talking to growers and crop consultants about the different carbon and sustainability programs that we have available in Canada in 2023, in addition to those we've already discussed for the U.S. Well, Tom and Sally, a lot of good stuff on the horizon, and you've certainly given us a lot to think about for sustainability initiatives later this year and beyond. We're going to put a whole stack of links in the episode description for people that want to learn more, but we appreciate your sharing all these insights, and we're going to talk to you next time on The Future Faster. That is going to conclude this edition of The Future Faster, The Pursuit of Sustainable Success with Nutrient Ag Solutions. New episodes arrive every other week, so make sure you subscribe in your favorite app and join us again soon. Visit futurefaster.com to learn more. The Future Faster podcast is brought to you by Nutrient Ag Solutions with executive producer Connor Irwin and editing by Larry Kilgore III. And it's produced by Podcamp Media. Branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. For Nutrient Ag Solutions, thanks for listening. I'm Dusty Weiss.